When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, it is my honour and privilege to have a wrestling legend all the way from the good old USMA. It is former NWA World Heavyweight Champion after beating the late, great Harley Race as well all them years ago. It's Tommy Wildfire Rich on episode 168 of Shoes Wrestling Podcast. How's it going, Tommy? Hey, it's going great, Stu, man. I appreciate you having me on your podcast too, man. All over the UK, man, you big name. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Honestly, just you guys, man. And obviously, your career in the territories, it predated me because I was born in 86. But it's been fantastic. Yeah. It's been fantastic for me as a fan going back and watching you guys because I only know WWE from like 1990 when I started watching it. You know, it was international, WCW, which was still yeah. NWA. But yeah, just... You getting your start, you know, I know uh, Tojo Yamamoto and Jerry Jarrett were heavily involved in that. You getting your start, man, in, in pro wrestling. Yeah, it was, uh, you know, I just uh, very blessed, man. I started Tojo and Jerry Jarrett, uh, broke me in, and uh, I started there in Tennessee and then went on to Georgia. And then, of course, uh, Ted Turner, he had, he had cable before cable was cool, man. I mean, he, you know... Uh, went everywhere. Everybody knew who Tommy Wildfire Rich was. I mean, it, it was good. Did you have any dealings with uh, Ted Turner? Did you Did you meet him personally? Who? Ted Turner. Ted, yes, sir. I met him a couple of times. I just in passing. I mean, we didn't go out and have no drinks together, but uh, <laughs> I met him a couple of times. Very nice gentleman. How, how was it on the road in them days, Tommy? I've had so many stories, you know. Were you... Were you okay with the road, the rigors of the road? You know, it was you, you, your schedules were so heavy back then, man. You know, you guys away from your families, you know. Um, how how was it for you being on the road so so much? Did you enjoy it going to different places? Yeah, oh yeah. And and, and back then, you, you know, it was territory. So mm. I was pretty fortunate, you know. I, I wrestled, started in Tennessee, then went to Georgia and of course, there in Georgia, the trip, she's home every night where is in Charlotte or Louisiana. Shoot, they'd be on the road for four or five days before they would get home. So I, I was pretty lucky, you know. And then, of course, when we started going up north and stuff, we started being away from home a lot more. And that was, that was, that was harder, you know, but business was business, you know. Who, who was some of your favorites getting in there with, Tommy? I've got to ask you. I know you've had thousands of matches, but yeah, off. <laughs> You know, off the top of your head, man, just guys, you know, who, who you just absolutely adored being in the ring with, you know, past in the past, obviously, people that have passed away now. Yeah. Uh, shoot, I mean, I I got to wrestle the best of the best, you know. I mean, I could, you know, the the original Sheik, uh, I went up there one time, you talk about scared, I went up there and heard all the stories about him, and I, I had to wrestle him, you know, and there's a bloodbath, and I was, you know, just you hear different stories. And I went up there and then, of course, the people was lined up outside the building trying to get in. And the building was full 
uh, we went out. We had a heck of a match. Of course, we both was bleeding, and uh, but got to the back. He was a real gentleman. And later, when I went to ECW, uh, Sabu, you know, that was his uncle, and Sabu come up to me and told me his uncle spoke good of me, and you know, so me and Sabu had a relationship. Uh, you know, I just very fortunate. How was it? I know we're going right, you know, into like the nineties and that with ECW. How was that being an elder statesman? You know, one of one of the veterans at that point in your career. How how was that for you? And you're saying about your relationship with Sabu, but yeah, other, other guys with an ECW and I'm working for Paul Heyman. I know you would have known Paul for years prior to that, though. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, and and there again, going back, I mean, uh, you know, of course, wrestling Harley Race. I mean, shoot, I got to wrestle Stan Hansen, the Andersons. Um, you know, King Kong, Mosca, the Baron. You know, I mean, I wrestled. The, characters of characters you know so it was i mean to you know to pick one out abdul the butcher i mean uh i wrestled him body slammed him at the omni one thanksgiving night in that building went crazy you know because i was a little fella and back then abby was weighing about 400 pounds probably so you know just just the road to get you know to get there and, and just for the guys you know they they could have just said i'll just eat this kid's lunch and they didn't they took uh, they seen money there. It's, uh, you know, just very fortunate to work superstar Bill Eady, another great person. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I mean, I could just sit here. I keep thinking, you know, Buzz saw you, of course, had classic matches with him. And then got the opportunity to go to ECW. And uh, it was great up there. They asked me would I mind managing. And, of course, them Northerners, they didn't like no Southern boys too much anyway, especially saying they was the big guy. <laughs> So that got a lot of heat. And, and of course, little Guido and Tracy, what a heck of a team they was. Absolutely. We were just a great combination. And uh, you're talking about some tough fuckers now. The ECW boys, I mean, they'd stand there. And I, I remember Biles Mahoney, if you didn't bust a chair, bend it over his head, he was mad about it. You know, them, them were a different type cats, you know. They was full into it. So the Dudleys up there, man, I mean, they had a lot of Grob Van Dam, Sabu. I mean, I you know I got to wrestle or team up with uh, the best, the best in this business. So cool, man! So cool. Uh, how about I've got to ask, how is New Jack? How is New Jack? Your dealings yeah. with him? What a guy, uh, man! And again, take taken too soon, taken too soon. What? 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 Yeah. Just... Oh yeah, he was. Yeah, you know, he was a character. You know, I mean. He did, you know, he had, he did things, he did things the way he wanted to, and they wasn't necessarily right all the time. But I mean, I always got along with New Jack, never had no problem with him, but I think other folks might have, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so, but up there in ECW, he was, I mean, he was over. Absolutely. Oh, just amazing. Just amazing, like what you've managed to do now. Obviously, going back, winning the title from Harley Race, and how was that? pitch to you and obviously Harley saw it in you you know you had the look you had the style you were great on the mic but yeah how was it how did it come about how was it formulated that you were going to beat him for for you know one of the most prestigious titles in in the world of wrestling more or less toe when I got in the ring <laughs> <laughs> it was as simple as that as simple as that Tommy I mean, they you know, they mentioned it to me in the back, but, you know, you kind of think, well, they just joshing me, and then the spot come up, and there it was, one, two, three, and uh, right there in Augusta, Georgia, the Bell Auditorium, man, and that toy, that building went crazy. Of course, 
Andre the Giant was there that night. He come down and lifted me up, and that was big to me because I, you know, Andre he was a great person too. Mm-hmm. That I'd, when he'd come to Georgia, you know, he'd ride with me. So I, I loved Andre real good too. I was going to ask you as well, like you, you know, you you tagged, you you were um, tag champion in various promotions as well. I know you were with Tony Atlas years ago. Uh, you know, how how did it differ for you the tag wrestling to the singles wrestling? You know, during your career. Well, that I. You know, that that kind of saved me a lot, you know, kept me good in Georgia because I'd wrestle for the Georgia heavyweight title for a minute, you know, have a run with that. And then they like, of course, now now my first night in Atlanta, Georgia, Jerry Jack told me, he said, if you get there and you don't like it, he said, just call me and I'll get you out of it. Well, the first night I was there, I wrestled Abdullah the Butcher. Beat me in 30 seconds, busted my head. Tony Atlas saved me. And I'm thinking, Lord, maybe I better call Jerry Jett and tell him I need to come home, you know, because we used to go to Chattanooga TV and you'd see Atlanta and you'd say, that's the big time right there. And then my first night getting beaten 30 seconds, getting saved. And then, but uh, I just kept, kept on. And then they put me and Tony together. The first uh, tag, you know, tag team champions, salt and pepper tag team champions they ever had. So that was cool. And of course me and Tony, you know, uh, we teamed up, and I mean, we did real good together. Of course, Ricky Martell, I teamed up with him. Uh, I had some great tag team partners. Of course, Wahoo McDaniels mm-hmm. uh, teamed up with Stan Hansen after he turned to the good side. You know, so I, you know, I just uh, some guys, you know, some guys have, you know, I don't know. I have no regrets. You know, it's all, you know, it's all been good for me, and very blessed to be sitting here talking to you fifty years later. And people know who I am. You know? I, I love it. I love it, honestly, because I've seen so many of your matches, man, honestly. And charisma, charisma in, in, in spades, which I think that's what's missing in modern wrestling. I've got to be honest. And I know gimmicks have been done. Stuff's been rehashed. I think it's harder and harder for talent now, but I think psychology is missing. That, that's fan perspective. I've never been in the ring, and that's not me slating, yeah. the, that's not me slating the wrestlers of today. I appreciate what no, those guys do. Oh, yeah. I couldn't do what they do today. I couldn't, you know, I couldn't, you know, I couldn't do. Uh, I, I get much over that second rope, my nose starts bleeding, you know. I mean, they coming off the top of the things and everything else. I mean, so it's different. I mean, but back then, Bullet Bob Armstrong said it the best. We were vaudeville, Shakespeare, you know, we had lived. You know, I mean, it's, and you told a story to the people. I mean, it was your story and you told it. And I think that's what we're missing is is the stories today. I mean, it, but it moves so fast now. I mean, used to you get pile dried and you went to the hospital. Now then, somebody gets pile dried and gets up and pile drives the other guy. You know, so it, it just you'd have to do so much more now than back then. I mean, you know, uh, and and but people believe too. I mean, it's it's different. Like you know, we used to you know kayfabe our business kind of like a magic show. You'll go to that magic show a million times till you find out how they do the trick. So so our business back then, you know, till Vince come out and said it was sports entertainment, you know, that's how we sheltered and that's the way we lived it, you know. I mean, you you know, somebody say somebody being fake and it damn near piss you off, you know. But it been you had to be an athlete uh, to do it anyway. You've got to be an athlete. Have you still got the wrestling school, by the way? I wanted to ask you about that. Are you still training guys? 
No, uh, we did. We did. I'm still in Myrtle Beach, though. I fell in love mm-hmm. with Myrtle Beach. We're mm-hmm. still here. Uh, it just was bad. What you know? It's a tourist town, so it's seasonal. So it, mm-hmm. it was. You know, we did good for about a year, and then we just shut it down. But still, I know you helped a lot of guys in that time as well. You know, I think, oh, you know yeah. You've... And and it's it's good. I love going to these independent shows. And and what what's a shame used to. Like when we was doing talking about the territories, I mean, you could be somebody that loved the business and maybe not make it to the top, but you could work five to seven days a week and you could still make a living, you know, and you'd finish this territory. And if you did good, you'd go to, say, Florida, the next territory, and they'd say, hey, this kid's doing good give them a little push and it might not be there, but you might get better. And they send you to Kansas city for Bob Goggle. And then that's where you get your big push. You know, here it's, uh, unless you work for one of the big companies, it's hard. And I go to a lot of independent shows and there's kids that do have the talent, you know, mm-hmm. that could make it that won't get the chance. You know, they have to have a job to support their hobbies. So I've been very blessed that, you know, it's made me a living, uh, you know, still does, you know, so I'm very blessed with that. And that's, that's the part I kind of hate for the kids today because they don't, unless you're WWE or AEW, one of the BNWA, one of the big companies, then you don't get, you know, it's, it's, you don't get an opportunity. Do you catch anything? Do you catch any WWE, AEW, or does it not, do you not get time to? Yeah, I watch it. I watch it some. I mean, I you know, I enjoy it, but it's like I said, it's a different style. And them boys, um, you know, the some of the stuff they do, I mean, they take a chance every night of not being able not just be off for a few weeks, not to be able to wrestle again with some of the things they do. So, you know, hats off to them guys because they definitely daredevils, you know. Uh, but like I said, I'm that grounded pound guy. You know? <laughs> That's the way I like. That's how I like my wrestling. That yes, absolutely. And I mean, we've got a few guys that can do that now. But like, they oh yeah, I, and I watch it like NWA, and you watch some of the shows, and there's still guys on there that do wrestle. I'm not saying they don't. I'm just saying they've taken yeah. it to a higher limit, and you know, I just don't think I could do what they do today. Uh, you know, uh, and as far as like, you know, like they script you out. You, script your promos, you know. They tell you what they want you to say. It's hard for somebody up north to tell a cornbread boy how to say what I would say. Now, give give me an idea of what you want, but let me say it my way, you know. So I think I would have struggled with that, too. You know, I just – because used to, you'd say, you're wrestling so-and-so, you got a minute 30, go out there and give it. You know, that'd be it. You know, and you'd go out there and do your promo. Have you got any good Gordon Soley – Stories. That's what I wanted to ask you. I know I'm flip-flopping from current to old school. So I'd love to hear about Gordon Soley. How amazing was that man as a broadcaster? Just, you know, uh, one Gordon, of a kind. One of a kind. And that sums it up right there. He was uh, he was the best. I mean, and there's, there's other ones knocking on the door already. But Gordon, you know, just the way he talked. I mean, he'd say, use words sometimes. I'd think, what the hell does that even mean? You know, and, and but he knew what it meant. And and I think that's what separated him. And, and of course, Gordon, he always spoke well of me. Uh, I used to give him rides. He'd ask me, say, can you give me a ride to the airport? So I'd give him a ride after TV. And, and But Gordon always, yeah, he was 
never had nothing bad to say about me. And I never had nothing bad to say about him. He was one heck of a man and got a great family too. Absolutely. Heavily influenced Jim Ross, you know, and look how well yeah. Jim Ross, look how well Jim Ross did, man, you know, and he's still here, isn't oh, he? I shouldn't, I shouldn't talk about him in the past tense. We've still got Jim. Yeah. But I mean, guys like Lance Russell, I mean, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and that in that Tennessee territory, that was a hell of a territory too. I mean, when I started, um, it actually had three territories in it. You had the Knoxville in, you had Nick Goulas in the middle, and then Jerry Jarrett on the Memphis in. So, I mean, some guys, you 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 could work there. You know, you hit each territory, you could stay in Tennessee for a minute. You know, working for each territory, so it was good. I mean, one of the biggest things I guess I did there was the night I hid under the ring and come out with Austin Island. We shaved Jerry Lawler's head. You know, have you ever seen that? I don't. I've got to be honest. No, but I will dig. I will dig a clip out. I'm you sure I'll be able to that. find that on YouTube. Yeah, I was under the ring about six, seven hours. What about what about a buff? What about the bathroom? All that time under the ring, man. Well, I had an air mat, a little float that you used in the pool. Yeah, I had a, I had a six pack of beer, so I blew the float <laughs> up when I got there. They carried me out. wasn't a security or nobody there. They put me up under the ring. I blowed the float up, and the good thing was I just got back from Japan, and uh, I had that jet lag. So I'd drink a beer, I'd fall asleep, wake up, I'd pee in the can go back to sleep, drink a beer, go back to sleep. Anyway, all of a sudden I heard this, and the Memphis ring was really loud, and I was sound asleep, and they had that first match, and the first big bump they took, I I popped up. I didn't know where I was at, hit my head on the metal beams, hit my head, dang near busted it, and I'm thinking, where am I at? And then I realized, you know, I knew where I was at, but, uh, oh, yeah, man, just classic stuff, and I was involved, you know, involved in – a lot of good aims. Amazing, amazing. That just wouldn't happen today, would it? You know, oh, no. it's just that, that, was, nobody, that was the good old days, be, man. Would nobody be that silly to lay under there yes. that long? <laughs> <laughs> I, I know I've not got you much longer, but I'd like to ask you, favourite favorite town to wrestle in, and obviously across the territories, what, what, you know, if you had to pick a town where you loved being and wrestling, where would that have been? God, it was uh, – I'd have to say, well, when I first went to Atlanta, the Omni wasn't open. So every Friday night we'd wrestle at the Atlanta City Auditorium. And um, I don't remember how many. It probably held 8 to 12,000 people. I don't remember. But anyway, it would be jam-packed every Friday night. And you talk about electrifying. I mean, it, it was good. And then, of course, then they opened the Omni. We'd be three weeks – there at the city auditorium, then the big show would be at the Omni. And, the, and that Omni, you know, it was just a step up. I mean, and it, you know, so I, you just enjoy, and of course, Augusta, Georgia. Uh, and then when we went to West Virginia and up to Ohio and all up through there, you know, just people was great to me, especially when we went on the road like that, because we was like uh, rock stars. I remember one time we wrestled at, uh, in Charleston, West Virginia. And we stayed at the Holiday Inn right next door. Well, I asked the lady, I said, because it wasn't never nobody in the bar. I said, if I fill your bar up tonight, do the boys get to drink for free? And she looked at me, kind of smiled. She said, yeah, you can. Well, I announced, I said, Buzz, after I kicked your ass tonight, we're having a party at the Holiday Inn bar. 
son, we got over there. We was like rock stars. We People started chasing. It was me, Michael Hayes, Terry Gordy, Jimmy Garvin. They started chasing us. We ran to the room, come down to the bar. They, they had to call extra security. People was outside. That, that lady was mad, but she did it. She held her into the bargain. She did let the boys drink free. Bless her soul for allowing that and uh, carrying it through for you. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. Now, Tommy, I know you, you're at the conventions. You get to see the fans. And I've got Herb Simmons coming on next week. And he's got a show in St. Louis. He's got Fan Fest in St. Louis, in St. Louis, as we would call it here. Yeah, so, yeah, that's that's happening in May, isn't it? So, yeah, are you, how, I bet you... Not mistaken, it's May 18th. Lovely. I bet you can't wait to see the fans. Oh, yeah, the fans. And, and, and what's good about the conventions, you get to see, because like you said, a lot of us have passed away. So it's always good to go to the conventions where it's going to be the guys that you wrestled with. And get, to, get to see them sit around and shoot, shit a little bit, you know. You know, that's always cool. Uh, but still, like you said, the fans, and, and that's another thing. I mean, just, just for the fans, because – Ain't none of us. I ain't been on TV since uh, ECW. That was 98 to 2000 or something. And that folks still remember who Tommy Wildfire Rich is. Uh, I've started a little wrestling promotion there in uh, Kentucky. Wildfire Championship Wrestling. I'm going to be up there this weekend. Uh, We're going to be in uh, Pikeville, Kentucky. So I got got a lot of things going on. Keeping me busy for an old man. I'm busy enough. It's good that you're not slowing down, Tommy. You're keeping busy. I like it. I like it. And they're yeah, fantastic. Um, aside from wrestling, what, what are some of the things you like to do there in Myrtle Beach in your downtime? Oh, lay out in the sun, just, you know, kick it back, have a good time. Family, you know, they'll come down and visit. So we get them a little bit. Like right now, it's real quiet here because there ain't no tourists. Mm-hmm. This summer, it'll be so loud, you, you know. So it's really cool. You get to tell you, it's nice to have the quiet time, but it's fun during the summer too. You know, it's a party. I'm I'm in a coastal town here in North Wales. So I'm just we're just before the English border here in Wales, and it's similar similar sort of thing at the moment. It's it's quiet. I can draw parallels with Myrtle Beach in North Wales. Uh, because yeah, we've got the beaches and stuff here, so I totally understand yeah. how how it goes. But like, you get to late spring into the summer. It's a hundred mile an hour around here. Oh yeah, same same here too. Same here. And, uh, of course, I can't do it every day like I used to, but I yeah. like to do it. <laughs> I'd have a beer with you, Tommy. Oh hey, I I definitely I. I have more than one though. I can't I never actually, say. You yeah, know yeah, anybody? Anybody yeah. tell you you're gonna have one beer? They lie to you right off the get. Because you're gonna have two or three. My my wife knows when I've had more than two as well. I start slurring. <laughs> I get myself in trouble because I just start knocking them back. I get. Yeah, I, I don't know. What, yeah. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is, man. But yeah, yeah. Hey, I can't drink that liquor, but I can. I like not come beers now. Yeah, go on, man. Absolutely, absolutely. My guest, former NWA World Heavyweight Champion, legend of pro wrestling, 40, 50 years in the business. It's Tommy Wildfire Rich, who's been my guest today on Shoes Wrestling Podcast. Stu, hey, man, thank you for having me. A great podcast, man. Uh, Folks, tune into it because he's a great. Thank you. Thank you so much, Tommy. Sports Social Podcast Network.